This 2023-2024 NBA Atlantic Division and Early Win Totals edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by our Patreon. Score exclusive perks and content available only to our patrons at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. Welcome, everyone, to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Friday, July the 28th, currently 105 on the East Coast. Here to discuss the NBA division preview, early division preview. And today we're going to be talking about the Atlantic division. We'll also dive into the early season win totals for these teams in the Atlantic division. Talk about some division odds as well and make the make miss playoff odds. Uh, you guys know how we do it here. But joining me here to help me break it all down, you guys know him as the voice of the Tennis Gambling Podcast, WNBA, NFL, MLB, and of course here on NBA, Scott Studio Rachel. Scott, how's it going, my man? Uh, it's okay. I have to talk about my nets, which could go either way, so we'll see how that goes. But <laughs> looking forward to breaking down another division. I know we had fun going through the Central Division a couple days ago, so looking forward to it. Yep, and also joining us here, guys knows as the voice of the NBA, of course, here and on MLB. It's Lante Smith. Lante, what's going on, my man? How you doing? I'm doing pretty good, man. Uh, spoiler alert, Scott. I kind of like your Nets next year man, or this year coming up. Uh, I think they're going to be pretty sneaky. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to breaking this down. Um, it's kind of a lot of interesting storylines with the Atlantic Division with the Harden stuff and, um, you know, the Celtics with the Jalen contract and Porzingis and all that. So, uh, interesting at the top, at least. Yeah, there's a lot of moving parts. Um uh, from a coaching standpoint and rosters and um, rumors, like you mentioned with James Harden and, and, you know, those type of players. And then also got the news this past week about the Jalen Brown contract. I know we'll get into that when we talk about the Celtics, but um, definitely an interesting division. when we talk about the Boston Celtics, uh, Philadelphia 76ers, the Knicks, the Nets and the Raptors in this division. But um we can start. We'll go uh, bottom from top uh, like we did last week for the Central Division. So we'll start here with the Raptors. Um, new head coach for the uh, Toronto Raptors. Nick Nurse now headed over to Philadelphia. The Raptors have a new head coach. Fred Van Vliet leaves in the offseason. He signs with my Houston Rockets. Still rumors out there of Pascal Siakam possibly being traded, uh, but it seems like he just wants to stay in Toronto for whatever reason. But Currently, as it stands, I'll start with the division odds, and then we'll get into the Toronto Raptors here. So right now, the division odds, the Celtics are the favorite as of today at minus 210, followed by the 76ers at plus 280, the Knicks at 8-1, to the Nets at 25-1, to and the Raptors at 35-1. to um, The Raptors, I guess we can say, over the last two seasons have been pretty disappointing. May have to do with some roster construction and maybe guys not wanting to play with each other or whatever the case might have been. But um, currently their win total going into next year is sitting at 36 and a half. Last season, this team finished with a record of, let's see here, where are they? Uh, 41 and 41, finished right at 500. Did get into the play-in tournament last year as the 10th seed. Uh, they were really good in Toronto, as they usually are. They finished up with a record of 27-14 and 14 in Toronto, but it's on the road where they did get into trouble, where they were only 14-27, and, and then within their own division, 
just four and 12 against their division opponents. Um, we could quickly talk about last season briefly, and then we'll get into uh, next season's win total. But Lante, let me start with you. Last season, Toronto, uh, what did you think of this team? What do you think there was their demise last season uh, and their failure last season to even make it into the playoffs? Uh, yeah, I think it had a lot to do with what you were saying, the continuity and rumors surrounding the OG and even Fred. Fred was one point um, like a potential trade target because they wanted to get something for him rather than let him walk in free agency, and they ended up letting him walk anyway. But I think that they just couldn't shoot. Uh, I think they were 28th in effective field goal percentage, 28th in three-point percentage. The only thing they did well pretty much was protect the ball. They were first in uh, offensive turnover percentage, and they took away the ball. They were first in defensive turnover percentage. So I think just the lack of continuity, um, they didn't have a lot of flow to the game. They didn't know if they wanted Scotty Barnes to be the point guard or if they wanted Fred Van Vliet to be the point guard. Uh, I just didn't like their makeup uh, of their roster. I kind of still don't like it right now. Um, they did add, I know we'll get to it, they added uh, Grady Dick from Kansas. But, I mean, it, it's just I think that they just aren't structured right. And I think that has a lot to do with the front office. I think that has a lot to do with what, you know, Nick Nurse having one foot in, one foot out um, as far as wanting to, not wanting to be there. And, uh, you know, Ujiri, you got a lot of credit for, uh, I guess, putting together that, that Kawhi Leonard um, team, which I think I maybe got a little too much credit for. I think it was mostly had to do with just Kawhi being on another level, and they were probably a, you know, a few bounces away from even losing to to Philadelphia, who we'll get to later. So yeah, I mean, I I think the makeup of the team is is just bad right now. Um, Siakam, I'm not expecting to be there full time. I think he's going to get moved at some point, uh, and then they'll try to build around Scotty Barnes. Now, how does that look? Not 100% sure because he kind of took a step back as well, uh, especially offensively. So uh, I think that just j- their makeup of the team is just not set up for success, especially in an Eastern Conference that has a lot of good teams, uh, a lot of teams that um, we're going to talk about you know, later on in the, su- in the summer that are on the rise. Teams like Orlando, um, I-, I know some other teams that uh, that I'm high I mean, Detroit is not a, a big you're, team. You're like home, Indiana. But- yeah, I love Indiana. Yeah, love Indiana. So, I mean, I think it's a team, the teams that were outside of that uh, 10 range that I think are, are going to be a little bit better than them. Uh, so, yeah, man, I, I don't think their makeup of the team is, is that good. Uh, maybe they can prove me wrong, but I, I'm not I'm not 100% sure. Scott? Yeah, the team just can't shoot. Simply put, now you make an argument getting rid of Van Vliet might help with that because he's a really bad shooter uh, that got paid $40-plus million a year. He's your problem now, Munaf. But anyway, <laughs> uh, to look at the overall shooting numbers for this team last year, once again, some players aren't still on the roster, but I'm still just going to read through it. So Siakam, 32.4% from three. Van Vliet, 34.2%. Trent was 369 but he missed about 22 games. Uh, give or, Actually, sorry, he missed about... Uh, 16 games. Uh, you had OG who shot 38.7, which was a team high, but he missed 15 games last year. Scotty Barnes shot 28.1%. Go through the bench, same story. They can't shoot. That's really just the story of the team. Now, Grady Dick might help. I'm not sure how much he's going to play as a rookie. Plus, I know that a lot of people are still high on Nick Nurse as a coach who's no longer there. So now you have an inexperienced head coach taking over a team that really does not have any sense of direction. Because they let Van Vliet walk for free instead of getting anything for him when they should have been sellers the deadline. They acquired Pirtle. They re-signed him. So are they selling? Are they buying? I don't really know. But what I do know is that Ananobi can stay healthy. Uh, Trent's had injury issues, and I do have questions about this overall direction of the team. I'm going to lean under. 
for this team because I do think if things get a little bit ugly early, let's say that they are the 10 or 11 seed in the East, would they really bother or would they finally decide to blow it up? Because at some point you're going to have to because this team's not good enough. It would not shock me if this team was selling midway through the season. So I'll lean to the under because there is a chance they completely intentionally tank to improve their draft odds. Yeah, I mean, the uh, offseason uh, going into next year, they added Dennis Schroeder uh, to come in, I guess, add some point guard depth. They added Jalen Daniels. Yeah. Schroeder. Um, and then also, uh, like you guys mentioned, they drafted Grady Dick at the number 13 uh, position uh, in this past year's draft. And yeah, I think I agree with a lot of what you guys said. It's uh, again, when we talk about some of these teams, we just aren't sure about it. It's the, the Toronto Raptors kind of go to the top of my list about what's what's the direction of this team, like what's your identity. And it feels like we just don't know what they want to do, right? We've heard for multiple seasons, like you guys mentioned, Siakam possibly getting traded. Uh, we heard about Fred Van Vliet over the last several seasons. Now he finally leaves in free agency to the Rockets. Um, so it's just a lot of question marks. And now you have a, a head coach coming in that doesn't have a lot of NBA uh, experience in Darko Rad- Rajak. Kovic, if I'm saying that right, um, he was the head coach of the Tulsa 66ers of the NBA G League for two seasons. Um, but again, when you come to the professional level, uh, it's it's a different story for him. And again, uh, kudos to him, but he's the first, I believe, international born head coach uh, in NBA history or sorry, NBA G League history or outside of North America. So, um, yeah, again, it, it seems like the nucleus is going to be that they want to build around Scotty Barnes. Uh, we heard that like uh, what Lante mentioned that OJ Ananobi's trade or name was in trade rumors about teams offering three to four first round picks for him. And um, he's not worth that by the way. No, he's not. Clear. No, no. But yeah, I agree with you, Scott. I'm on the under for this team as well. I think at some point Siakam will get traded. Uh, it's just a matter of when, not if, uh, in my opinion. Lante, what are your thoughts on the win total for the Raptors going to next year at 36 and a half? Yeah, I, I like the under also. Um, I think uh, maybe about like a week or two ago, wrote up my five favorite win totals. Toronto was up there, similar to what everybody was saying. I think they're just going to not be as constructed um, now as they will be maybe like pre-All-Star break or post-All-Star break. Either way, after the All-Star break, I don't expect this team to look anywhere anywhere close to what they look right now. Um, you mentioned the identity thing. I think that's a big thing uh, as to why I don't like the team at all. I mean, they, they bring in um, Grady, but, I mean, like Scott said, how effective is he going to be as a rookie? I mean, he did, he's going to be on the floor, and he's going to be the only shooter. You yeah. know, like – I mean, outside of that, I do like Javon Freedom Liberty, though. Um, the great name also, first team all name. But uh, he, he played well for the Chicago Bulls um, G League team. I think we talked about him uh, last episode. But I like him. But, again, he's in this crowded front court. I mean, he's got OG, Pascal. Uh, you just pay uh, Jakob, so he's going to play. Um, outside of that, man, I mean, J- Javon Freedom Liberty is probably the – the bright spot in the lineup, him along with Scotty Bourne. So I just don't think that they're going to be uh, equipped to do anything similar to last year. They're probably like two steps below uh, last year's team. And with all the scrutiny, you know, around the organization, new head coach, players, you know, possibly getting traded. I think the only way you can look is under. They won 41 last year for the record. Yeah. Uh, all right, before we get over to the Brooklyn Nets, let me tell everyone about the Sports Gambling Podcast Patreon page. Do your part 
in the war against corporate gambling and sign up for the SGP Patreon. Ton of exclusive content contests and merch just for our patrons, plus a monthly SGP Stories podcast and ad-free, uncensored show highlighting the best stories from decades of being DGENs. There's even a Discord channel just for patrons. The Sports Gambling Podcast Patreon is a great way to score exclusive perks and support SGPN. So get all the details. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. Again, that's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. All right, guys, let's get over to the Brooklyn Nets. Last season, uh, this team finished up with a record of, let's see here, uh, 45 and 37 finished as the sixth seed in the Eastern Conference. Um, Again, a lot of turnover with this team, dating back to, you know, when they had Kyrie Irving, James Harden, and Kevin Durant together. Um, No longer there. James Harden, um, two seasons ago, got traded to the Sixers. We saw Kyrie Irving heading over to Dallas and Kevin Durant uh, heading over to the Phoenix Suns. Um, I guess I'll just give the floor here to you, uh, Scott. I mean, this is your team. Obviously, with the big three now gone, I mean, when they were on the floor together offensively, they were great, but it just didn't work out, whether it was that they didn't get along with each other or health was a concern and, you know, off the field, uh, or sorry, off the court stuff with Kyrie Irving. But now you have, I think you can say you have some pretty good players on this team, but I just don't think right now they have that one guy where they want to build their team around. Um, You know, it may be Ben Simmons, Scott, but uh, I'm going to give you the floor, my man. Yeah, uh, I think if they're going to build around one guy, it would be Bridges. But I think we all know Bridges is probably a better Robin than Batman. I just think he's more of a second star. You're looking at the team, though, and the record's inflated because they were very good when Durant was healthy last year, and then he got injured, and the team was below 500. And that's why they shipped him off, and they really stumbled in the second half into the playoffs before getting swept. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to lean under on this team. I can understand the argument is that they have another year of experience with each other, and you're hoping that you know Bridges, who plays a bunch of games, he should, probably shouldn't miss any games. Uh, but you're looking at him, you're looking at Cam Johnson. They have some talent on the roster. They just don't have enough scores, and I feel like that's really the problem that this team runs into. They're a good defensive team, but they really are not great offensively, and you can make an argument maybe they'll win games by out-hustling opponents kind of like how the Thibodeau teams used to do with the Knicks before Jalen Brunson got there. But Mm -hmm. I don't think this team is good enough offensively. You can make an argument that Ben Simmons maybe can contribute. I'll believe him when I see it. But I think that when you're looking at this roster, once again, they were not a great outside shooting team. I'm not a big Joe Harris guy, but he was a better one of the better shooters, and he's not on the team anymore. So you make an argument the spacing might get worse. But they're an intriguing young team that can maybe be a solid trade partner, maybe an underrated candidate to get somebody midseason because they don't own many of their draft picks, so they can't really tank. So it could work in your favor if you like the over because they have to constantly be going for it. But I don't think this team's good enough. I think this team is going to look like the second-half team we saw, which is a below 500 team. I think they'll probably finish with around 35 wins or so. I think it'll be close, but I think when you're looking at the lack of overall scoring punch this team has, it's not good enough. So I'll go with the under. Yeah, I agree with a lot of things that you said there. Um, projected starting lineup for next year, at least, is going to be Dinwiddie, Bridges, Cam Johnson, DFS, and Nick Claxton. And I don't think there's a consistent score, uh, we can say, within that group. Um, we, we know Dinwiddie can average anywhere from 15 to 20 points per night. 
Mikael Bridges, we saw flashes of it last season, right? But like you mentioned, I agree 100% that he's more of a Robin than a Batman uh, to a team. But it seems like that if the Nets are able to land a superstar player, that the surrounding pieces are there as far as depth pieces for this Brooklyn Nets team. Um, Delonte, thoughts on the Brooklyn Nets? Uh, obviously, we know what transpired last year for this team, but what do you think about this team uh, and their win total for next year? Let me ask you, Scott. Uh hearing a lot of good things about Ben Simmons. So how do you feel about that? So he's in the best, <laughs> he's in the best shape of his life. He's hurt. He's over all the mental hurdles. Uh, he's shooting the ball. Any thoughts on that? I saw that he was supposed to be competing for the starting point guard job when he's getting paid $38 million a year. So he probably should be competing for the starting point guard job. Simmons has been just a bad overall player for a couple of years, but it's mostly because he can't stay healthy. And even if he is healthy for now, we're what like three months removed from the season two months from that doesn't mean anything like i'll i'll i'm curious how long he could actually stay healthy he still can't shoot and he's a bad free throw shooter so we'll see how he does but the point is the nets are stuck with him for the next year or so maybe they can trade him during next offseason because he will be an expiring deal so maybe a team would try to acquire him to save some cap space in the future but simmons has been a mess we know this do i think he can be a factor maybe defensively early in the season. But if my whole critique of the Nets is they don't have enough shooters and Simmons gives them no floor spacing whatsoever, that's going to cause more problems than solutions offensively. So once again, I know what his skill set is or what it's supposed to be. He hasn't shown it in a couple of years. Do I think he's going to be a big factor? No. I think he'll look decent early on because he couldn't really look much worse than he did last year. But when it comes to just causing wins and losses – the lack of spacing is still going to kill his overall presence on the floor, and they can't score. So I still like the under, even if Simmons turns out to be decent. The best-case scenario is Simmons is okay, and maybe you can flip him midway through the season. Nobody's going to take him, but that's your hope that he plays well and you can flip him. But at the end of the day, I think Simmons will be okay to start the year, but he's never going to be a good shooter. He's never going to be a solid offensive player besides facilitating, and that's really going to hurt the team offensively. Yeah, so my thing is with Brooklyn. So I think if you if I was gonna buy a stock in a team, I would buy it in in Brooklyn. Um, as far as the win total, I would lean over nothing strong. But I think as they get more continuity and get things together with the roster, they don't have a true point guard um, on the floor. I thought they should have drafted maybe uh, Kobe Jones or um, I think maybe. Uh, I forgot who else was available at that. Maybe J.H. Uh, Hushifino was available, I think, there. I think they maybe should have went point guard there because Spencer Dinwiddie's not really a point guard. He's more of a combo guard. And although he did average – he went on a streak where he was averaging, like, close to double-digit assists. But that's just not how, that's just not how he works. Um, so I think the big thing here is – the thing that I like about the team is they have wings. You have to, to win in this league, you got to have wings. And they have, you know, three or four – solid wings. I think Cam is a solid wing. We all think Mikhail is a solid wing. Um, I like uh, DFS as far as his um, defensive ability experience. That, that makes one of us. I thought DFS was basically useless last year. By the way, uh, yeah. uh, Hood, should, uh, Hood was taken uh, four picks prior. He went okay. to the Lakers at 17. So he who, was the point guard tra- who was the point guard that were drafted after uh, after you guys' picks? I know uh, Kobe Jones was drafted after um, – I just well, I was going to say, so uh, you had the Santa Clara guard who went to Golden State at 19. 
Then after that, you had Sasser, who went 25, which seemed a bit early. You had Nick Smith Jr., who slipped to 27. I'm really not right. sure okay. why that happened. Yeah. And those are the only two guards that were taken after. But yeah. okay. I would have uh, I would have t- tried to take Kobe Jones or uh, I'm not or a white I'm not a whitehead guy. Or I wasn't. Yeah, me either. Dude, so. Me either. Uh, but I do like Jalen Wilson. I think Jalen Wilson is uh, a good player for the future. I like Clowney, but again, or not guard. Court, yeah, the front court. The front court is kind of crowded. Um, like I, I'm not sure how he's going to get in there, but he's a good upside pick. But I think looking forward, like just you know, to the future, I think they'll be fine because they have a lot of talent. And they have Whitehead. You know, he was once the number one player in the number two player in the in the country yeah, in high school. So stay healthy and yeah, he's got foot issues. So if he hits and. I mean, he's still going to run into the same problems. I mean, he's not playing in front of all those guys. And then they get Royce O'Neal, if I'm not mistaken, uh, in the offseason. Uh, and Dennis Smith and Lonnie Walker. So, like, they, they got a deep, deep team. Now, how they – Well, they, had, they know, had Royce already. Royce was okay. Royce was a part of the uh, the other uh, – yeah, I'm thinking, I'm thinking Utah trade, though, first round. Yeah, he was a part of the Utah trade. Yeah, he, okay. he, so, he was okay overall. He had some good games and bad games. But they picked up Lonnie Walker. They picked up mm-hmm. Dennis Smith Jr. Yeah. Smith Jr. Like defensively was solid. Yeah. He can't stay healthy like either. But yeah. he was decent with the Hornets last year. Once again, you're looking at the roster, and it feels like a pretty – decent team in terms of not having many extreme weak links, but they don't have any stars. And you can make I an mean, argument they're deep, that Bridges... Like they, they, they're like too deep at every position. Like every position, they're like two or three deep. And I think Jalen Wilson is going to crack that rotation. I think he's a good, solid player. I think he was probably underdrafted. So when they do a redraft, you know, four or five years from now, I think he'll be uh, several spots ahead of what he's going, what he's going to do, especially in that system. Uh, I mean, he's somewhat of a miniature version of cam johnson i mean he can't shoot it as good as cam but i mean defensively he's probably right there uh he, he gets to the rim with with ease uh he's a winner obviously from kansas they won the, the title so I, I like Jalen wilson a lot um i think my favorite bit for the uh for the next team is probably i'm gonna look at um nick claxton defensive player of the year i'm gonna look at him that's at about let me see that's at about 20 to 1, I think. So uh, maybe if I'm better, I think that was at DraftKings, if I'm not mistaken. But I think Claxton, he averaged about around two blocks a game, if I'm not mistaken, 2.5, averaged two in the playoffs. Uh, he played a lot of games, I think 76. So he's durable. He's going to block a lot of shots. The perimeter defense is not going to be as good, so he's going to have to clean up a lot of things. He averaged a steal per game. So I think Claxton has a shot to, to win that defensive player of the year. Yeah, for me, my favorite bet on the Nets is to miss the playoffs. If they were struggling down the stretch, and the only reason why they made the play-in last year was because of how good they were when Durant was there. Yeah. Now they're probably going to have to win a play a play-in game or two play-in games to get in. I don't see that happening. I think minus 180 is a gift. I think that team should be closer to like minus 250 to miss the playoffs. They don't have enough firepower. And once again, what's the realistic ceiling of this team? A seven seed? Maybe. You're still like you're still in the play-in. You're still not yeah. even. Can, you're not officially in the bracket if you're the seven. Yeah, seven of course, seven and nine is fine. Yeah. I was gonna say you have to win one of two games if you're the seven or the eight, but I just don't think that's realistic. So for me, Nets to miss the playoffs at one eighty feels like a very very generous line that should be like two fifty. So I'll take the Nets to miss. Yeah, I thought that line would be north of 200. Um, that's the first thing that kind of caught my eye as well for this Brooklyn Nets team. So. Um, yeah, I, I'm leaning towards the under for their win total as well. But do I see a possibility where they can win 40 games with this roster? Yeah, I do. Um, you know, like Lante mentioned, they're they're deep at a lot of their positions. 
But again, that like you, Scott, you mentioned, they just don't have that that superstar or star or all star player. Maybe Mikael Bridges turns into a all star this year. Um, he is the odds on favorite right now to win Most Improved Player of the Year um, for the Brooklyn Nets at seven to one right now. But that's um, crazy. Does he qualify for that? Because he kind of had that in the second half of last year. I mean, I think if he averages like 23, 24, 25 points per game and he makes the all-star team, I think. I'm just saying, can you really be most improved if you put up the same exact numbers in the second half of the previous season? It's not any improvement. The improvement was last year. Yeah. I mean, for a full season, if he does it, yeah. But I find most improved to be one of the dumbest uh, awards available because they gave it to Ja. Now I don't know what the criteria even is for the award anymore. Like Markin mm-hmm. made sense, Brunson yeah. made sense, but Bridges mm-hmm. already made his leap last year. He just got more volume and he got the ball more because he was no longer being the third option on a team. Yeah. Uh, anything else for the Brooklyn Nets guys? No. Nope. So Dante's right, uh, leaning over on the win total and yeah, I'm leaning over, man. I, I, yeah, I'm on I the think, under. I think they can get to 38, 39. I mean, they just like the continuity just has to be there. I mean, Mikhail and Cam they played together. Uh, those other guys, Dinwiddie, Claxton. Um and uh DFS they played together for a decent amount of time. Yeah, so I think they can get their 38 wins. I mean 38 wins isn't as big of a feat uh as you think. That also explains why right. 180 is a terrible price to miss the playoffs because you're saying they're probably gonna win 38, 39 games. That that might not even be a playing spot. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I'm not yeah, I'm not disagree. I'm not disagreeing with you there. Yeah. Let me see. Yeah, they don't have I know last year they had like uh but I think that maybe come like during the middle of the season where be a play in tournament team. Um, we'll keep an eye on that, obviously. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a good season. bit right there, Mona. Yeah, that's a good bit. all right, guys. Before we get over to the next team in this division, let me tell everyone about underdog fantasy. NFL season is right around the corner, and underdog pick them is a great way to get down on a ton of NFL player props. And they're available in a ton of markets, plus, plenty of opportunities to win in their daily MLB contests. And of course, make sure to enter Best Ball Mania 4, where first place gets. Three million dollars. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus of up to $100. Again, that's underdogfantasy.com. Excuse me. Make sure to use promo code SGPN. All right, gentlemen, let's get over to the next team in this division. That is going to be the New York Knicks. Currently, they have division odds of uh, eight to one. Win total is set at 44 and a half uh, for them to make the playoffs this upcoming season. Minus 380 for them to miss the playoffs. It's at plus 285. Last season, uh, this team ended up, I believe, as the number five seed in the Eastern Conference. They did get the first round victory um, against the Cleveland Cavaliers in about in five games. They ended the season with a 47 and 35 record. Um, they do return most of their starters. I know they did sign uh, Dante DiVincenzo uh, to kind of complete the Villanova Wildcat reunion there. Um, give me one trying to pull up their uh, roster moves here. All right. So, um, yeah, so that was the one uh, significant signing. And the trades last season, obviously, they traded away, uh, or this offseason, I should say, Obi Toppin from the New York Knicks to the Indiana Pacers. Uh, Dwayne Washington Jr., not a big name there. Derek Rose also left in free agency. He wasn't getting a lot of playing time there either. Um, but it looks like they're returning most of their starting uh, rotation here. 
Scott, let me start with you on the New York Knicks. Uh, 45 and 37 last year. Their season win total this year is sitting currently at 44 and a half. So doesn't seem like um, – I mean, I guess the books are expecting a repeat performance from the Knicks this year, probably being that range of probably a four to six seed in the Eastern Conference. What are your thoughts on the Knicks? I want to lean over, but – I know Thibodeau is going to be a coach that plateaus and it feels like they're going to finish around this number. It's going to be close. I don't think it's going to be easy. At first glance, you're going to assume the Knicks fly over because they went over last year. Brunson was great. Uh, You saw Randall in the regular season play well. Then he fell apart in the playoffs again. And people like DiVincenzo, him and Josh Hart should be solid role players that kind of blend well with the team. Do I think that Thibodeau is actually going to be able to live up to expectations for once? Because Thibodeau's always been an overachiever with low expectations and an underachiever with high expectations. And now they have relatively high expectations. I think I'm going to lean to the over. I think it's close. I don't think it's going to be as easy as people might think. Some people think the Knicks are going to win 50 games. I don't see them winning 50. I think they'll win somewhere around 46. I see it being a pretty similar story to last year. I'll lean over. But I do think it's pretty telling that the Knicks won 47 last year and their win total is now lower than that by about two and a half. It tells me that it seems like they're daring the public to take the over because they're expecting some regression. I think we'll see a little bit of that. But I do think once again, since I'm low on Toronto and I'm low on the Nets, the win's got to come from somewhere. And spoiler, it might be a little bit low on Philly as well. So I'm going to go with the Knicks over, but I don't think it's going to be by that much. I see them winning 46 games. Over the last 10 years, um, the New York Knicks, this was only their second uh, season. They had a winning record of 40, of obviously above 500, uh, 47 and 35 this uh, year. And then in the shortened season, the 2020, 2021 season, 41 and 31. I think that was a year where Thibodeau won coach of the year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Um, how were they the year after? Not 37 and 45. Yeah, I think yeah, that was a year. Uh, yeah, I think they had some injuries that year as well. But they bounced back, obviously, nicely last year. And again, I think a lot of that had to do with them getting Jalen Brunson. Um, and like you mentioned, I love the pickup of Josh Hart during the trade deadline. Another solid role player for them. He was really key for them in that first round series against the Killian Cavaliers. And non- you also had another great role player in Dante DiVincenzo. It's a fact for this team when they get to the playoffs that their quote-unquote, I guess, second-best player, I should say, uh, disappears completely. Um, and it, I think it feels like the the miles add up for Julius Randle, where you're just really relied on Jalen Brunson to be that guy last year in the playoffs, at least in the second round. It just wasn't good enough for them. It was good enough in the first round, uh, but it just wasn't uh, uh, there for them in that second-round matchup in the playoffs last year. I also do like the over uh, for them. I do think that... This team is starting to route into form. They have a lot of great role players. I do think that Jalen Brunson is an all-star player. I think he's going to be an all-star this upcoming season. If you're getting the same production out of Julius Randle, I I think that that's going to be good enough for them to get over this win projection of, what, 44 and a half, I said. Uh, Like we mentioned last year, they won 47 games. Um, But, Scott, I think, again, I agree with you that is Tom Thibodeau competent enough to get this team over this win total. And again, I think for them, it's about buying in on the defensive end. I think you now do have the players with Josh Hart. Uh, Devin Chinchill's a pretty good defender in my eyes. Mitchell Robinson is back at that center position as well. For now. So I think, 
yeah, for now. Uh, he'll he'll so get he, hurt at some point, like yeah. three weeks in, but he's yeah. for now he's he's there. So I, I yeah, I'm leaning towards the over right now at forty. Was it forty four and a half for this team? Yeah, forty four and a half. Uh, Lante. Well, do you think I'm too low? Do you think they have a shot to get 50? Because I, I think they're going to be between no, that 48, 45 no, no. range. Yeah, I don't think so. I no. I mean, would I be? I've heard buzz in New York though. People are trying to make the case. I don't see that happening. Though. I don't. I want to hear the case because it's the same exact team, and I could make a case that they're probably going to be worse. I like the under. I don't like anything about the Knicks team. I just think they're the same team. They added Divincenzo. I think. Do you think it was a fluke last year? They got the 47. I mean, I wouldn't say a fluke, but I would say it was. You said you don't like them, but you said that you think once again that they're going to be not that great. But they did go over last year with the same roster, so I'm curious. Yeah, why yeah they, they did. Roster. But I, but my thing is, I think that the East is a lot better than what it was last year with some of these players. They didn't make any kind of moves at all. I mean, Divincenzo is fine, but I think him and Hart are probably the same player. I mean, Hart. I mean, like Divincenzo might be better offensively, but. Hard That's two really good role players to have, though. One probably coming off the bench. That's a solid. Yeah, so, but I mean, what are you going to do with L- Lante's front right now? I know he has an R.J. Barrett jersey in his closet <laughs> over there right now, he, and he's just no. you know that I'm anti Barrett, but still, yeah, like, yeah, like I wouldn't, I wasn't even going to bring up R.J. Barrett. I think they are the same team as last year, but I think Divincenzo is a massive upgrade compared to the other bench options they had. I, I'm yeah, curious I mean, if they're going to keep quickly or not, but I think it's close. Once again, so, I, I'm not. I'm not drinking all the Kool-Aid, but I think they're going to be decent. I got them at 46, 47. Yeah, so let me so let me ask you. So you think quickly and Grums, you think that DiVincenzo should play more than both of those guys? Now, just I, granted, granted, I know quickly didn't have the best ending to the season, but I mean, he was he's a six man of the year finalist. Like, right. He so, yeah, let's just look at the totality of, of what's going on. I don't think DiVincenzo should play over. I think Grimes should get the bulk of those minutes, to be honest with you. I think he'll be a starter. I just yeah, think that's should. a really good set of three. I'm, I'm not the biggest quickly guy because defensively it gives you nothing. He kind of reminds me of Bones Highland, which isn't a good thing. I know offensively he's a solid player, but he's giving you nothing defensively. And that's yeah. kind of what happened with Cle- in the Cleveland series. He couldn't score, so you couldn't use him because he yeah. couldn't guard anyone. But that, those three 3 and D guys of DiVincenzo, Hart, and Grimes, that's probably the best trio of 3 and D guys on a single roster in the league. Like That's a really good trio of 3 and D guys. Mm, I don't know. I got to think about that. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm, not really as high, don't I'm not really as high. I'm not really as high. Same thing. They have three guys that do the exact same thing, for better or worse. I think that's a good thing. Like, I really like those three guys. I like the skill sets that all three of them provide because they're basically the same skill set. But yeah, I, I like the under. I don't, I don't really like this next team, to be honest. Um, I don't think that Randall's probably going to be there halfway through the season. That um, might not be a bad thing. Yeah, it might not. Yeah, it might not. Uh, Robinson is going to get hurt at some point, but if he's healthy, I mean, he, we saw, I don't know if you guys saw him in the workout. He's shooting threes now, so. He shouldn't we'll be. It's a waste of time. Richard Robinson. Oh. Richard Robinson, he's shooting threes now. I see Ben Simmons shooting threes. He's still not going to take him in game. If Robinson yeah, we saw Dwight Howard three, shoot a lot of threes, too. I'm telling you right now, if Robinson shoots a three-pointer in a game with like a decent amount of time on the shot clock, Thibodeau's throwing him off the team plane. Like he's not shooting it mid game. That's not happening. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, man, I'm just not a fan of, of the Knicks team. I don't think offensively they, they have enough to to compete with these upper echelon teams. And to get so, I'm guessing what 47 would be what like a four or five seed, right? 
if I'm yeah. So last year they had 47 wins and they ended up as the five seed. As the five, yeah. So I think they'll be like six, seven. So I guess that would that would bring them down to maybe like 43 ish, 44. So we right, think it's right close at, either way. You're just leaning under. I'm leaning. Yeah, up. yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying that they're going to win like 35 games. I'm just saying like as constructed, I don't think that they're you know capable of winning north of uh, of the win total. I would probably lean under. And I mean Brunson was there. It was his first year. He's still got the new car smell. Now teams will be able to adjust. They've seen it on film enough to know what's going on. They were dead last in assist percentage. So, you know, Jalen's going to have the ball in his hands a ton. Uh, so we're going to have to see how those guys adjust to that, uh, including my guard, RJ Barrett. But yeah, I lean under. Nothing, nothing strong. I kind of want Munaf's thoughts, though, on that uh, just overall 3 and D set of guys they have because it seems like Delonte's low on that grouping because they yeah, have the exact same guy. I like all three of them as non-stars. I think those are tremendous bench players to have on your team. So you're saying DiVincenzo, DiVincenzo Hart, and who else? And DiVincenzo, Hart, and Grimes. Uh, Grimes. And Grimes. One of the, I, mean, I, I like Grimes. I, I like the, my thing is, I like Grimes better than all of those guys. Any, okay. other sec- any other secondary guard on the roster, I think Grimes is better than I think my point is, I, I mean, it's going to sound cliche. I just think DiVincenzo and Hart are winning basketball players. I, I just think they're very good at doing the small things. They're good at hustling. They do a lot of stuff that doesn't appear on the stat sheet that yeah, promotes do. winning. I, yeah, I just they think do. they do. I understand your point if they were go- if they were given bigger roles on a team, but for them not to be main scores, them to be mostly three and D high energy guys who play good defense. I really like that trio of three and D guard dash forwards. Yeah, I, look, I yeah, I, I really do like Quinn Grimes because I was able to watch him when he was here with the Houston Cougars no, um, with Kelvin. Yeah, you're a homer. Uh, and I know he played with Kansas as well. But when the Warriors picked up Dante DiVincenzo, I was a huge fan of that signing because I think they needed that type of player, especially coming off of the bench. And, and you know, good. Josh Hart, he was good. Um, and Josh Hart, I mean, his resume speaks for himself as as well, right? I mean, he's he, he's he's a player that you add to your roster that does move the needle for you to be a championship contending team. I think he's that type of player um, in what he, he does well, right? Like we mentioned three and D so, and we saw it like, we saw it in the playoffs last year as well when they traded for him. Um, he knocked down some key, uh, key three point shots. I think it was in the home game against um, I believe it was Miami. the Cavs. Yeah. Sorry. Against Miami. Um, and like Scott said, at least Josh Hart from Rising, he does the things that don't show up in the stat sheets um, and in the box scores. Yeah. So it's always about hustle with those three guys. And, and I I think I'm a fan of it. And and, and you talk about these three guys, they're exactly what Tom Thibodeau wants on his team, Mm -hmm. right? Blue collar guys that'll, you know, put it in the effort on the defensive end. And if you have those three guys, playing the way they do on this New York Knicks roster, you're going to have the other guys buy in as well. And you know, I wouldn't be surprised if the Knicks are a top 10 defensive efficient uh, team. I think they were last year. I have to double check that. But uh, I do see. see the concerns. Uh, if you could look that up, uh, Lante. Yeah, I got but, you. Um, I do see the concerns on the offensive side. And let's just say Jalen Brunson, God forbid, does get hurt for an extended amount of time. Then you're really relying on guy like Julius Randle to do the bulk of your scoring. And then you're also relying on, you know, Emmanuel quickly, who doesn't play a lick of defense coming off of the bench for you. <laughs> but there may come to a point, again, we've seen the uh, rumors even before he got to Cleveland with Donovan Mitchell possibly coming to the New York Knicks. Maybe not this offseason or maybe next offseason because I think his contract runs through uh, the 2025-2026 season. So 
Uh, and he has a player option for the 2025 years. So we'll see. Um, but as far as right now, yeah, I, 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 I'm with Scott. I do like this trio of three guys. They possibly are the best in the league, if not top three for sure. Not many have a players. trio of guys that do the exact yeah. same thing. So yeah. once again, they might be the best by default, but yeah. I, I do like how they were just hoarding quality three and D guys. I kind of just like that idea. Yeah, and they 19, have again if you they have the trade pieces there as well. If you want to trade uh, like a Quentin yeah. Grimes or or you know maybe a Divincenzo down the line. Monty, and, top, and losing Toppin doesn't mean anything to me because Thibodeau never used them anyway. Yeah, I mean they got his brother. He's probably just cheap, cheap, cheaper labor. Same, I was not a fan of Jacob in college at all. I didn't think he was very good at Kentucky. Personally, yeah, I mean he, he he wasn't he wasn't that good, but I mean he can do do the same things that that uh, Obi can to a give him the same yeah. jersey. Saves money. <laughs> right. Nineteenth right. uh, in defensive uh, rating for the Knicks last season. But okay. yeah, but but again, that's. That's pre Josh Hart and all that stuff. So that's yeah. that's basically combined. So um it won't let me filter it to the date after Josh Hart. So uh all right. Let's get over to the next team in this division, guys. That's gonna be the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh their win total coming into the next season set at 49 and a half. For them to um make the playoffs, they are currently sitting at minus eight hundred plus five fifty on the no. Um, division odds for them. There's a second favorite in this division at plus 280. Moves have been made for this team in the offseason. Obviously starts at the head coaching position with Doc Rivers uh, out, and now Nick Nurse comes in. Uh, we still have a huge question mark on James Harden. We saw, I think this was last month that was reported, that they were working towards finding him a trade partner, whether that was... Um, I mean, the team that's been rumored has been the uh, Los Angeles Clippers. But you take a look at this team last season and over the last several seasons has been disappointing, to say the least. Last year, they finished up as a number three seed in the Eastern Conference with a record of 54 and 28. Looking at some of their offseason moves, they did bring in uh, Patrick Beverly uh, to add some depth to that Um Guard position. Mo Bamba was also signed as a backup center. We'll see if he's able to stay healthy or not. They also did re-sign Montrez Harrow and Paul Reed uh, Jr., who did get a qualifying offer. Um, and saw the departures of players like uh Shake Milton, signed a contract with the Minnesota Timberwolves, and Georges Niangs um also signed a contract from um uh, sorry, going from the Sixers to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Lante, let me start with you on the Philadelphia 76ers, 49 and a half. Um, again, still a big question mark on what's going to happen with James Harden. We're seeing Joel Embiid coming off of the MVP year. What are you thinking about the Sixers team? Uh, maybe if you want to have some thoughts from last year and then going into next year for this team. Um, last year, I mean, I think they pretty much were as expected uh, winning the round. What, what did they win around? Let me see. They, I don't know. If there's that they swept the Nets. So they swept the Nets and they yeah. lost the Boston in seven, right? Yeah. 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 So, and they, they were they were up they were up three two. I think it was no. Seven. It, it went to se- it went seven. to seven. I'm sorry. Yeah. They, yeah, they were up three two and they could have closed them out at Boston. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, and then they lost. Yeah. Yeah. Straight. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I mean, I think they kind of ended on on the on a bad note. Most Doc Rivers teams. Uh, when they're expected to do something, they just fold, as we talked about with Thibodeau. But overall, I'm just kind of indifferent on the team. I, I wouldn't lean either way. If I had to make a bet, like I would probably go under um, because it also depends on what's going to happen with Harden. I mean, I, I think that we have to take that into consideration because who knows what they're going to get back for Harden. I mean, what if they 
end up saying, what if the, the Clippers end up saying, okay, yeah, we'll give you Paul George or or whoever. That's going to sway how you feel about this team. Well, at least how I feel about the team um, and what they get back for Harden. And if Harden's there, I mean, they're probably just going to run it back. I think they're somewhat of the same team. Uh, they added, you mentioned the people that they added. I don't think anybody's a difference maker. Uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think any of those guys are difference makers as far as overall, you know, contribution to the team. I think it all relies on Embiid, um, Harris, to a lesser extent, Maxi and Harden. I mean, I think those are the key guys. Those are the guys that are going to take you where you need to go. Now, Harden doesn't have a good track record of taking you where you need to go in big games. So is that going to change? I mean, if he's there, I don't know. How committed is he going to be if he doesn't get traded? So it's just too many questions for me to go over. Um, so I would lean to the under. I just need a little bit more uh, certainty when it comes to the roster. Uh, I mean, they might even move Harris. I mean, his his dad was tweeting about he should be, yeah. you know, a higher priority. So, I mean, who knows what's going to happen with them? There's just a lot of too, too much uncertainty for me to go either way or make a confident pick. So I'll just lean to the under. Yeah, I think the the biggest question, obviously, is James Harden for this roster, right? And I, I think eventually he does get moved um it seems like it's going to be uh, later rather than sooner for this team but I, I think that Tyrese Maxey will fill in the role even better than what James Harden was doing with this team because injuries have been just been a huge concern for um James Harden and I don't think James Harden and we've seen this I think you know Scott attested this as well and as a Rockets fan is that Sometimes basketball is not the number one priority for James Harden, right? We know we've seen the stories about the sometimes? strip club. Yeah, sometimes. Okay, I'll say 90, uh, 80% of the time. No, no, no. <laughs> basketball is the number one priority when he wants to try to win MVP. But if he's if he can't get a personal accolade, he doesn't care. Yeah, so that he he got that off of his checklist. Because he cared about that, basketball been... a lot when he was competing with Curry for those MVPs back in Yeah, years. yeah. Um, but... 80% of the time for Harden, it's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to Fashion Week in Paris. I'm hanging out with a little baby. I'm, I'm going to go party. I'm going to Vegas. Uh, and, I mean, and we don't, I don't know. We're just, we're just speaking. And I, I'm sorry, I'm speaking from what we read on tw- on the Twitterverse, right? And also from uh, being a Rockets fan um, that sometimes basketball isn't the number one priority for him. But I think the best thing for the Sixers is going to be you need to trade them. Um and let Tyrese Maxey take over that starting point guard role because he's a way better uh, player to be in that starting lineup with Joel Embiid. Obviously, every single year, and you guys could probably agree with this, that the health is always a concern with Joel Embiid. He's going to miss an X amount of games every single season, whether that's 10, 15, up to 20 games. Um, and now we talked about, uh, I think, in our last pod that you have to have an X amount of games to, for you to qualify for an award. Now that Joel Embiid has that MVP checked off of his list, if he doesn't need to be out there, I don't think he's going to be out there. And also the fact that we've talked a lot about with the Raptors and Nick Nurse, that Nick Nurse likes to play his starters 40-plus minutes on any given night. Um, but for me, I am, yeah, I'm with Lante. I, I love the under for the Sixers team at 49 and a half. It's just, again, too many question marks. And I just don't like the depth pieces around this team as well, whether eventually that they do trade James Harden, maybe even Tobias Harris is in a separate trade or in a trade package along with James Harden. I just don't think that right now this just might be a transition year. And who knows, come next season or next offseason, Joel Embiid may even be on the move that he may want to go out and go to another team as well. So at 49 and a half, expecting this team right now with all the question marks like Lante mentioned, it's just too much for me to expect this team to be a 50-win team. I do think that we just talked about this Knicks team. 
that they could probably take over as a number four seed next year if everything falls right. I do see the Sixers falling back maybe into the five or six seed with Nick's nurse and all the question marks on their roster right now. But Scott, thoughts on the Sixers team? Yeah, for me, I'm going to lean to the under on the Sixers. There's just too many distractions involved. And we know that uh, from what we saw in the Ben Simmons uh, fiasco there with the Sixers, Maury is not really willing to panic trade guys that don't want to be there. He will hold on to players and then wait until the right offer comes along. Plus, Maury kind of attached his entire career to Harden's entire career. So I can really see Maury trying to desperately hold on to Harden. And as a result, I do wonder if Harden's going to bring out the fat suit for the first couple weeks of the season, where he's going to play terribly trying to force himself out. Because I saw that with the Rockets and even at the Nets at the end, he was trying to actively punt games basically to get traded. So I think Philly's going to really struggle out of the gates, not to mention the fact that Nurse, once again, does like to play his starters a lot of minutes. And that's one of the worst combinations with Embiid you could possibly have. I see Philly really stumbling out of the gates, and I do think maybe they'll figure it out midseason, but I think you might get a better number live midseason if you like the over. I'm going to lean under. I can see a really ugly first month of the season for the Sixers, and I do wonder with a brand-new coach, and Nurse is really a different just a different mindset to play for than Doc Rivers. I think that Nurse is going to have some growing pains with this core, And I think that Harden, once again, might not necessarily be fully focused because maybe mentally he doesn't want to be in Philly anymore. I'm going to lean to the under. There's too many distractions involved. It's also pretty telling that keeping the core right now of Harden and Embiid, their win totals, what, like five lower than what they finished last year? Yeah. With the relative core, that does seem pretty trappy to me. I'm going to lean under on Philly. I see too many distractions. I see them winning like 46 or 47. Also, I'm not sold on their bench either. Like their second unit right now is projected to be with James Harden still there. Patrick Beverly, DeAnthony, Milton, Forkon, Cork Mods, Daniel House Jr., and Paul Reed. Like oh, that's just really funny what on how hell? bad that is. That's so Wait, bad. Say that again. Say that again. So, bad. so Patrick Beverly as your backup point guard after James after James Harden. DeAnthony Milton. Okay, I, I can get behind yeah, Milton. Uh, Milton. Is cool. Milton is cool. Uh Cork Mods, Daniel House Jr., and Paul Reed. Paul Reed, all right. But yeah, like, well, just to be clear, it would be Maxi, right? Because they would just, even though Maxi would start, they would still split the minutes up. So Maxi gets to work with the bench unit, right? Yeah. So I'm thinking well, like some type of combination of Milton and Maxi. Maybe Milton puts in the starting lineup and then you have Maxi coming off the bench. Or yeah, you're right. Like they'll split up the minutes where maybe Maxi comes out. It's still not good. But yeah, watch out not, for Yeah. Watch out for uh, they got an undrafted guy at NC State, Takovion. I think he can crack. Oh, he's going to chuck so many shots with that. I think he's. Good. I think he can crack that second lineup though. He played good in the summer league. Uh, Springer also. For, yeah, Jaden Springer. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he he's he performed really well. I think he. I uh, can't remember if they were in uh, Salt Lake City or um, or Sacramento, but he played really well. Then I think he got hurt. Uh, when they the first game around Vegas, but I think those two guys can crack that rotation. They were really good, and they, they need that scoring. I mean, you know, Tequavion is going to be uh, a high volume shooter, but again, he played under Nick Nurse in uh, whichever summer league they were in. I can't, I just can't remember which one. Uh, he was coaching that team for the first few games, so I think he got a little bit of familiarity with his game. He performed well. He shot the ball pretty well. Uh, so I think Tequavion is going to be uh, really good for them off that bench, as, assuming he can crack the rotation. Anything else for this Philly team, guys? Not really. I I think they're going to make the playoffs, so I'm not going to go full-on panic mode and give out a massive plus-price play. I think they're going to be a mediocre Eastern Conference playoff team. How many games MB plays? How how many games do you think he plays? Uh, I usually cut it around 60. Yeah. 
I think, I think they'll be a little bit. I think they'll be a little bit more careful with him. I, I'm going under 55. I don't trust a nurse to be careful with anybody. I just think he's going to get hurt. So I think when I'm looking yeah. at Embiid, usually I cancel out about a fourth of the season. So I have him missing about 20 games. All right. Last team in this division that is going to be your division uh, odds on favorite to win it, this Atlantic division. That is going to be the Boston Celtics, who are currently at minus 280 to win this Atlantic division. Their win total for the next season is at 53 and a half. Uh, for them to make the playoffs, yes, is at minus 6,000, and the note is <laughs> at 18 to 1. Last season, they lose in the Eastern Conference Finals to the Miami Heat. They finished up with a record of 57 and 25. Um, some of the offseason moves, we saw the trade for Kristaps Porzingis coming over from Washington. Um, from Sorry, from the Wizards over to the Boston Celtics. Um, and then we saw the departure of Marcus Smart being traded from Boston to Memphis. And I believe Grant Williams also signed a contract, signed and trade, uh, got signed and traded over to the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, Blake Griffin is still a free agent, if that uh, fancies you. And Gallinari was part of that deal um, of uh, uh, Porzingis, I'm sorry, uh, heading over to the Washington Wizards. The big news, obviously, in the offseason for this team, Jalen Brunts, uh, sorry, uh, Jalen Brown. I'm sorry, Jalen Brown signs the biggest contact con- contract. I'm sorry, I can't talk. Contract in the offseason was it five years, 340 million? If I'm not mistaken, 304. Four million. Okay. Well, what's 36 million more? 304 million dollars to stay with the Boston Celtics. This team has, I guess we can say, underperformed, uh, especially last season. Um, Jason Tatum, you have Jalen Brown now. You added Kristaps Porzingis. Scott, let me start with you. Um, anything from last season for this Boston team, and what are you expecting for them next season with Joe Mazzula in his second year as the head coach for the Celtics team? Well, that's the most important thing for me. I know that Porzingis is an interesting fit with this core, but I feel like the most important thing is Missoula having a year under his belt because I don't think any of us liked him. And I think that he was a big reason why this team underachieved in the playoffs. And I still can't believe they lost to Miami. I mean, if you're just looking at the overall talent disparity, I know Miami made a bunch of three-pointers, like an insane amount of three-pointers in comparison. But still, Missoula didn't adjust at all late in games. I'm hoping that at least with a year under his belt, they can be better in late-game situations. Because Boston, if you take into account all of the bad fourth quarters they had, they probably mm-hmm. left about 10 wins off, off the table, you know? Like, they could have won a lot more. Win team. They yeah. could have been. So, I think I'm going to lean over. Now, Porzingis has injury issues, but I do think he's definitely a nice boost in terms of just scoring depth for this team. The Jalen Brown contract is horrible, but based <laughs> on how much the salary caps have gone up, there are going to be much bigger contracts in the future. It's just the first domino to fall. I think Jalen Brown's a good regular season player. The problem is in the playoffs, when you're against teams that hone in defensively on guys, he gets exposed because he has no weak hand. That's really just the story of him, but he's still an all-star. He's still a very solid player. Tatum's a top 10 player in the league, so they do have a lot of talent on the overall core. I'm going to lean over, mostly because I'm lower on the rest of the division. Once again, I only like one over, and it's the Knicks, and that's barely going over. So I'm going to lean over on the Celtics. I think they could win 60, potentially, but they need a leap from Missoula, and I'm hoping with his experience that he got from the past year, 
he can be less pretentious and acknowledge that he made some really bad coaching decisions late in games. Yeah. I'm going to lean over and hope that Missoula figures something out in late game situations. But the core is still solid. They're the most talented team in this division by a wide margin. I'll lean to the over. Give me 56 games. Yeah, their top seven, I mean, is probably it's really one of good. Yeah, it's the, one of the best in the NBA, if not the best, right? We talk about now Derek White is probably going to step in as that starting point guard. Ball Derek White, if you didn't see that uh, on, on Twitterverse yesterday. Um, he should step into that starting point guard position. Obviously, we just talked about Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Porzingis. I think that's that, that's going to be a fascinating fit for this team. Al Horford, old man, he's still there. Robert Williams, I know, dealt with a lot of injuries last season. He was limited in minutes coming back from injury. Hopefully, he's healthier, having a full offseason of rehab and getting stronger. Um, Malcolm Brogdon, I know he was dealing with an injury in the playoffs last year. Maybe that's one of the reasons they they lost to Miami. I think if you had a healthy uh, Malcolm Brogdon, that might have been a different story. I think the interesting name also that may crack the obviously off the bench is going to be Payne Pritchard because we know that he came out and said he wanted a bigger role. And we've seen flashes of what Payne Pritchard can do for this team. But you added O'Shea Brissett as well. And I know Alonzo will get into some of the other guys, the younger guys on this team. You have Sam Hauser as well that can shoot the three-point shot. So we talk about a top seven, top eight is definitely one of the best in the NBA. And again, Scott, like you mentioned that we're on unders for at least three out of the four teams. I think this is a team in Boston that's going to be right up there competing for the number one spot in the Eastern Conference, probably with Milwaukee. And then it could knock on the door of 57 wins again and possibly get into the range of 60 because, again, we talked about it at volumes last season on the pod when we were doing the regular season uh, uh, betting uh, picks for the for the games that Boston in the fourth quarter because of Joe Mazzula, you know, loss of plenty of games where they could have probably had the best record in the NBA last year. So you have a second year head coach. I'm sure he's learned a lot. Again, you have the top seven, top eight a rotation and players that's probably best. I think that's good enough for me to take the over on this team uh, for them to get over the win total currently at 53 and a half. I want to say last year it was around 54 and a half or 55 and a half. So not much has really changed. I know, again, you lost Marcus Smart. You added KP. But I think this team is still good enough to get in the range of 58 wins uh, for next year, Alante. For, for the record, I don't really care much about Marcus Smart leaving because I'm not the biggest Marcus Smart guy. So yeah. I don't think that's that big of a deal. But that's the last point I want to make. Okay. Yeah, I, I like the over also. Um, I think what we're going to see is Missoula improve. He had a chance to – he's having a chance to actually go through a full offseason as the head man. I think he took over um, – we, we were like two or three weeks away from the it, season. It was late. It was the like Doka yeah, scandal happened two like weeks. pretty quickly. Right, yeah. right, okay. So, yeah, so he's stepping in, coming from basically like the second part of the second uh, row of the bench coming in to be the full man. And, I mean, you know, it takes a toll on you. He, he didn't know what to expect. He was kind of just you know, learning on the job. So I think now he's got a chance to pick off uh, his staff. Is it Sam Cassell is there, if I'm not mistaken, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's got a good trio of, of coaches that he brought in to help him learn and uh, get some experience. So I think he'll be fine there. Uh, if you want to take a shot at him to, you know, win coach of the year at like 850, I mean, I mean maybe that's worth a sprinkle uh, – if you want to bet anything Celtics related other than the win total, because if they have success, I mean, Tatum's a little bit short MVP wise. I would probably think that the coach of the year award is the most, uh, has the most value uh, pertaining to the team. But I, I mean, I lean over. I think they're going to have a, a solid year. Jalen's going to come out. I think he's going to play extremely well. Uh, I heard that while well, I was reading that he was kind of banged up throughout the end of the season going into the playoffs. So that might've been why he was uh, a little bit down, but 
I mean, like you guys pretty much hit on it. I mean, same pretty much core. I know Smart. I, I'm a lot higher on Smart than most people. I think what he brought to the table, like just experience, defense, uh, the way he can. You're, you're a lot higher than most people. I feel like most people actually like Marcus Smart. I feel like I'm in the minority by saying I don't think he's very good. I mean, I, I think I heard a couple people say. I mean, they didn't. They wanted to get rid of Marcus Smart like a couple years back. So yeah. I, I think uh, they should have, but yeah, you know. I mean, I think he's fun. I mean, I think he meant a lot to that organization. I think he was the um, one of the most games played by a player they drafted or something like that. He he's been like From what really I remember this. He was he's the all time leader on the Celtics for most games played to never win a championship. Okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, that's, I, I don't know if that's a stat you were gonna. Yeah, yeah, yeah I don't know. To, I don't but know that's, that's what I saw. A, yeah, I don't know if there's a positive or a negative, but either way, he was embedded in the in the culture of him. So I think, it, I mean, obviously they bring in Porzingis, and I think the health of Brogdon, like you mentioned, went off is going to be big. Uh, Celtics fans not big, not a big fan of Brogdon either. They they were happy to get rid of him, and then mad whenever he uh, that the trade got you know I guess it fell through, but. I mean, I like their younger guys. I like Jordan Walsh. I like J.D. Davidson. Um, Walsh was very good. Yeah, so I just don't know if he'll be able to crack that rotation. I hope he can because he's a really good, high-energy 3 and D guy. We didn't really see it at Arkansas because the spacing was all, like, really bad because none of them could shoot the ball. So he kind of had to play a a different role, being more of a defender. But in the summer league, he showcased what he could do. He he shot the cover off the ball. He was able to defend – Top guards, top uh, forwards. He was switch. He was switchable. So if he can get on the court, I think he'll be contributing into that Grant Williams role. I think he could be fit right into that. Uh, I am worried about the point guard position. Uh, I know Derek White is fine at the at the starter, and then I'm not sure if they're going to stagger and play a small ball lineup with Tatum at the four. Uh, so I'm kind of I'm kind of like indifferent about the point guard spot because JD is going to have to take the next step. You mentioned Pritchard. I mean, I think Pritchard is kind of is what he is right now. I don't know. I mean, everybody wants a bigger role. So, what are you going to do? Actually, I like Pritchard, but they, they never play. I think him, but I, I like him. I mean, he's if he cool, gets but... around 15, 10 to 15, 17 minutes a night, I think he does bring some good energy off of the bench for that uh, team. I like that. I think I like Davidson a lot more than, than him, but I mean, that's that's just me. I mean, he played. I mean, Missoula trusts him. He was playing in big in big playoff spots uh, over a certain amount of people. So, I mean, who knows? I'm just kind of worried about that backup position. And I mean, you know, the top two guys are two of the best combos in, in in the NBA. And when you got that, it's hard to go out and and, and lose over. What, what do they have to lose? Like 25, 26? Yeah, I think they'll be right around 56, 57 wins, maybe. All right. Uh, anything else for this Boston team, guys? <clears throat> I think the one thing the one point I'll say is that I kind of compare this team, not the exact way that they're constructed, but my overall just thoughts on the team to the way that I viewed Philly last year and some Doc Rivers teams where you know that there is a massive ceiling uh, in the playoffs, or I should say floor. Yeah. You know that this team is probably going to fall apart at some point in the playoffs because Missoula is not a great coach. But they're built to be really good in the regular season, and we're talking about regular season only. So just because I like the over on Boston doesn't mean I think they're going to win the title. I'm just pointing out that in an 82-game season, they're going to win a lot of these 82 games. I feel like that's the last point I'm going to make. Yeah, and I think that, again, right now for what they've done uh, over the last several seasons, like it's championship or bust for the Celtics team. Like there's nothing else, right? And I think that every year that goes by with Tatum and now Brown as your two main guys, as your two superstar players, that it's going to be a disappointing season every year because they got that taste of being in the NBA Finals against the Warriors a couple seasons ago. And now 
like we talked about taking that loss against the Miami Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals, where the talent disparity, like you mentioned, Scott, was a um, was a night and day difference. It's just Miami just wanted it more. They were the hungrier team, and they were able to knock down shots as well. But um, I think I'm really curious to see when the season starts how KP fits into this offense. I think it's going to be fun. Uh, so something fun to see. So um, yeah, like we mentioned, second year head coach Missoula getting that experience and you probably have the best set top seven, top eight rotation players uh, in the NBA for this uh, team. So it's championship or bust for this uh, Boston Celtics team. All right, guys, before we uh, get out of here, let's get in some best bets for this Atlantic uh, division. Could be anything like we mentioned, division winner, win total, make miss playoffs, anything that you do love uh, for this upcoming season. Uh, Lante, you want to lead us off? Yeah, sure. So I'll go with uh, I got two different ones. So this, the first one is going to be the Toronto Raptors under. Uh, make sure I got the right number. What, what number did you 30, say? 30, 36, 36 and a half. Yeah, so I, I like them. I like them under. I just don't like the continuity of the team. We all hit on it earlier. I think we're all pretty much uh, in line with that going under. Uh, I think the team is going to look a lot different. First year coach, um, no identity that breeds a disaster. So I think they'll be worse um, than they were last year. So I'll go under there. I also like uh, in this division, uh, exacta first and second place. You can get plus one sixty five. That's at DraftKings. Uh, Boston finished first. Philly to finish second. I just don't see a a, a world where that combination doesn't happen. I mean, maybe Philly finishes first, but you can pretty much hedge off of that if you if you want to. But I think plus one sixty five for Boston to finish first. And Philly to finish second is a pretty good. Out, bet. Of, out of curiosity, what are the Knicks to finish second? In yeah, that? That was uh, question too. Uh, I, I didn't see it. I, I didn't write that down. I'll, I'll I can look. Why you? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I was gonna say because I would just bet both those because I think we both agree Boston's gonna win the division, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so I mean, whoever you like to win or whoever you like to go second place, I think that's good value. Uh, but I know the shortest shot was um, Boston and Philadelphia, so that's the one that I like the most because I don't see a world. I'm I'm more down on the Knicks than than you guys are, and I mean I'm higher on Brooklyn, so I think that they'll pretty much balance out and be three and four. But uh, I think the first two, the top two, are going to be Boston and, and Philly. So I'll take that bit. Boston, New York, plus three thirty. Okay. Scott, what do you got? For me, I'm going to lay some juice here. Uh, it's uh, usually juicier than what I give out. Usually I try to cap it off at 150, but for a season-long number, I got to deal with where the long-term value is. Nets to miss playoffs at minus 180 is such a stupid line. That should be really closer to 250. They were below 500 when Durant got traded. So it's not like they were suddenly a really good team that found their way into the playoffs. No, they were just fortunate they had a head start in order to make the playoffs, and that's how they got in. So I don't think this team's very good. I know that Bridges and Johnson are a good duo. Johnson also gets hurt all the time. He's probably going to miss like 15, 20 games this season because he always does. But I'm looking at this overall roster – they have a lot of pretty decent overall depth pieces, not enough star power. So I think they're going to once again have a hard time scoring. I'm also not sure how good of a coach Jock Vaughn actually is. I think he's fine. I don't think he's going to steal you many wins. I think he's going to be a pretty neutral coach. But I think when you're looking at the overall talent of this team and the lack thereof, in my opinion, minus 180 to miss when I think a ceiling for this team is to be 500. Being 41 and 41 still gets you in the play-in. So if you want to give me minus 180 for a team that probably needs to win two play-in games in order to make the playoffs, I think that's a pretty generous price. I'll take the minus 180 for them to miss. All right. Um, I am going to go chalk here um, and just take the Boston Celtics to get over their win total of 53 and a half. I think the talent that this team just has 
um, and the experience and, and how good they've been over the last several seasons in the regular season. Um, again, we talked about how this team last season could have been easily a 60-win team um, if Joe Mazzula just had that experience of late game you know, execution. But now he does have that after being a full season head coach in his first year for this Boston Celtics team. And we talked about some of the names that he added to his uh, coaching staff with guys like Sam Cassell. And I do like the moves that they did make in the off season. And I'm really excited to see what they do with KP in the, uh, in this, in this offense. Um, and again, they should be competing for that number one spot at worst. Number two, last season, they finished one game behind the Milwaukee bucks, uh, for the number one seed. But again, when you have Jason Tatum, when you have Jalen Brown, I know Al Horford, um, is a little bit injury prone and is getting up there in age, but he's a great, you know, locker room guy, another leader for this team. Malcolm Brogdon should be healthy. And again, they're not a team that's not afraid to go out uh, and make a move if they need to, um, to even make this roster even better. So at 53 and a half, especially in this division where we'd like a lot more unders and overs, uh, I think that Boston will definitely run away with this division and again, be competing for the number one spot. So, would not be shocked if I see this team uh, have 60 wins again, or sorry, have 60 wins in the upcoming season um, in the NBA. So I will go Boston over 53 and a half as my best bet for the Atlantic division. All right, that's going to wrap it up for another division preview and early season win totals for the Atlantic division. Two divisions down, plenty more to go. We'll be back Next week, uh, with another division, we'll wrap up the last division in the Eastern Conference. That will be the Southeast Division. Uh, Lante, anything else you want to mention, my man? Before we get out of here, nah, man, that's it. I'll be uh, I'll be doing some NBA, like college NBA work uh, on the site. So if you want to read more, if you can, if you don't have a chance to catch the podcast, uh, I'll be putting out some stuff throughout the summer just to keep us uh, NBA or basketball heads um, occupied until we until we can get to. You know, October, November. Scott, anything else? Not really. I got a WNBA show that was supposed to start a couple minutes ago, so I got nothing more to add. <laughs> All right, we're going to wrap it here. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at SGP and NBA. Make sure to follow Scott at Rice Show Radio. Follow Lante at XXLanteXX. And make sure to follow me at SportsNerd824. Till then, good luck with your bets. Let's break these books off and let it ride. Basketball, give it, give it.